Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is a podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on their journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. I'm going to kick this episode off by piggybacking on an introduction on a recent episode of the Germany Experience, which is my rival podcast hosted by my rival, Sean. Sean, in that introduction, was talking about some of the fun new German words that are coming out of the coronavirus era. So the first one, it's not unique to the coronavirus, but it's one that a lot of us foreigners learned for the first time during the coronavirus, and that is Hamsterkauf. So that means hamster buying, and it basically refers to the way that people panic buy things when there's a looming crisis. So I remember this from my days in South Carolina. If there was a hurricane coming, people would go buy a bunch of water and paper towels or whatever, canned goods. Here, as we all know, it's been toilet paper and then also flour and then also yeast. They're just working their way through, buying things they probably don't need. And it's already funny, but it's even funnier because it's called hamster buying. (laughs) The next one Sean mentioned is Maskenpflicht, which is just one of these beautiful, succinct German words. So it means you're required to wear a mask. But what's cool is it just takes all of that meaning and puts it in one succinct word. And then finally, the crown jewel of them all, which, P.S., by the way, was coined by Angela Merkel herself, Öffnungsdiskussionsorgien. <laughs> this is like orgies surrounding the debate of if and how and when we should open things up or not. So basically meaning this way that people get so excited to talk about, oh, if opening back up is a good idea, if it's not, how we should do it, what's dumb, what's smart, da 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 she coined that Öffnungsdiskussionsorgien. Amazing. I loved this list of words and I wanted to add to it too that I've been encountering in my corner of this world lately. The first one is along the lines of Maskenpflicht in that it is just a word that is wonderfully succinct and meaningful and that is Ausleihbibliothek. So I work in a library and we are open again but with a lot of restrictions. And among those is that all of the chairs are gone and it's just a library where you can come in, check something out, and leave. And so this word, Ausleihbibliothek, literally means a checkout library. In this one word, you get a good feeling for what is and isn't allowed in this library. And I just can't think of an English word that would work quite as well. Maybe there is one, if you're listening and you think of one, tell me. I would love to know. But yeah, Ausleihbibliothek. And the second one is something that's happening inside this Ausleihbibliothek, um, and that is Redebedarf. Redebedarf directly translates to the need to talk. So as far as I understand, this isn't a new word, but it's definitely a word that I'm learning amidst the coronavirus, because as we are starting to open things back up and people are starting to encounter new people, and for the first time in weeks, they have Redebedarf. They need to talk. It's like saying they're super chatty or talkative, though I feel like those words are a little softer, whereas Redebedarf is really emphatic in a way that feels really true. Because look, we've all been isolated either alone or with our partners, with our families, with our roommates for so long. And then finally you come across someone new and have a situation that's new and might present the opportunity to share your thoughts with someone new. And this is just truly revolutionary after this whole quarantine business. So yeah, there are my two additions to Sean's words. 
the introduction that I'm referencing was in Sean's episode where he talked to a German about the 10 top films in German cinema. I really liked this episode because I'm always on the lookout for different media I can consume to help my German and help me understand the culture better. And now I have a whole list of 10, 10 that I should watch. So there you go. I definitely recommend that episode and I'll link to it in the show notes. Our episode here today will be with a guest that I met at a networking event in Freiburg just before the whole coronavirus situation really got intense and things started getting canceled. In the recent episode about introversion, I talked about how I went to a networking event and I kind of hate it because it's just really putting myself out there in a way I don't really love, but I get through it by just pretending that I'm someone who loves this. I just kind of play the role of Nicole who doesn't actively hate networking <laughs> and that's how I get through and it works more or less. So I'm really glad that I did that at this event because it put me in contact with Ariana. Ariana is a fellow Freiburger and she's one of these people that as soon as we met I was like all right we, we've just got so much to talk about. I have to have you on the podcast of course, then Corona broke out, so we did it over video chat and not in person, but it was still an absolute delight and gave me lots to think about. I think it'll do the same for you. So without further ado, here's Ariana. My name is Ariane Astrid Annelies Schüssler. I do like to uh, say my whole three names because I'm very proud of them. I'm originally from Munich. I currently live in Freiburg, but I've lived in Canada for 30 years. Wow. And how long have you been back in Germany? For about five years now. Did you know when you went to Canada you'd be staying for 30 years? Well, actually, I was supposed to go there only for 10 months. Then 10 months turned into five years. I returned to Germany, but I, I was missing Canada so much that I decided to return. And yes, I did know somebody. I was really lucky. One of my mom's best friends uh, was living in Ottawa, and she had her first child. And the two friends said jokingly, oh, once Ariane finished high school, you know, maybe you have your first kid when you're married and then she can come and support you. And it really happened like that perfectly. <laughs> and so I lived with her 10 months and met such nice people that I uh, decided to stay. And where is it in Ottawa, you said? That's right. So I first lived in Ottawa for three and a half years, but on the weekends, we would always go to Montreal and Quebec. And so eventually I moved there with my back then boyfriend. That's where I spent most of my time, except for one year. I had a um, stint, so to speak, on Vancouver Island because I was hoping to escape the long winter. And as I love gardening, of course, Victoria and Vancouver Island is amazing for that. But it was so far away from Europe and the time difference made it really difficult to stay in touch with my family. So at the end, I bought a van and uh, drove back to Montreal. 
You had quite an exciting three decades there. (laughs) And I drove across Canada twice. The second time was really funny. It was in an old Ford Dodge van that had orange jaggy carpet on the inside. It was quite quite funny. I want to ask a million questions about that, but I'll have to save that for now because we are here to talk about creativity. And I wanted to get your expat journey, at least an overview first, so that we could then hear a little bit about your journey with creativity and how those two interact. So in a sense, um, I do come from a creative family. You know, there are painters, musicians. My mother was very much into pottery for many years. But I don't go by the traditional definition of creativity or being a creative. I take it a step further and say that it is really a life philosophy. It is really how you live your life creatively every single day that you can say you live it to the fullest according to your emotions and your values. Do you think that you were always sort of actively applying that? I would say so that it's very much part of who I am. It's very much part of my DNA. I um, don't have this straight line of high school, university, working, kids. I kind of did things in a different order, and it worked for me. I had my kids with my husband before we actually got married, and when we got married, our kids were there. They were two and a half years old. So it was unusual and different, but it worked for us. Yeah, and I like that the term that we're using is creativity and not artistic because for me I think somehow these two terms they overlap so often right typically creativity is is channeled into art of some form be it actual art or be it literature or filmmaking or something like this music etc these are all art forms that use creativity but essentially what what backs it all up is creativity itself and creativity can be applied to things beyond art like you said just the way you lived your life was creative. It wasn't traditional or following a certain pattern other than whatever was right for you at the time. So I'm glad that that's the term we're using. I think that is more accurate. (laughs) You So you work as a, let's see if I get this right, like a a life coach helping creative people in cross-cultural settings. Is that correct? I would say it's more creative clarity coaching and it reflects this life philosophy that I mentioned at the beginning, that I see very much every person as a very creative person. And so it can be a doctor, the way she decides to creatively deal with her patients every day and how she adapts to each of her patients. Or if you're actually talking about a painter or a writer or some somebody in the more classic, traditional creative types. Well, and I like that you use the word clarity, too. I, I Instead of a New Year's resolution, every year I choose a word or phrase to direct my year and that I try to use as a lens through which I can see my choices and my actions. And 2020, I thought I was real clever and, and chose the word clarity. <laughs> I was going with, you know, 2020 vision, clear vision. And clarity was something I was really seeking to improve or own in the year ahead. So it felt like such kismet that we cross paths and clarity is in your 
summary of your life philosophy and your coaching style. So uh, yeah, I do want to ask what does what does clarity mean to you and how does it how does it interact with creativity? So I would say clarity means taking the time to connect with your inner voice. You know that everybody carries within them that voice that tells you if something feels right or wrong, if you're taking the next step in the right direction or if a project makes sense. Like if we're quiet enough and we let that voice come through, that is what I personally mean by moving forward with clarity. So the way I would uh, describe it is that if you're being lost in a labyrinth, right? And I, I use that with my name because my business name comes from my name, the Ariane Faden, which comes from the Greek princess Ariadne, who held a ball of yarn for Tesus as he found his way through the labyrinth. And so I often use the labyrinth as an example that if you are lost or don't find your way, you can use creativity to find that way. Meaning that if you go in one direction and you're walking up against the wall or you end up in a dead end, you have to think creatively of how am I going to get out of here, you know, kind of think outside the box. And this is how I link these two terms together to gain clarity by creatively finding your way through your life's labyrinth. This is so fitting. And yet it also contradicts what I might typically think of in my head when I envision creativity as a term, because I think often creativity comes with the implication of mild chaos, a bit messy. (laughs) Again, sort of going down the mindset of a creative project of some sort. But I like reimagining it or not even reimagining it, just choosing to see it in a different way, really elevating the, the clarity aspect of things. And I think this is a perfect thing to talk about in terms of of expats and people who live abroad because we have already stepped outside of the typical life path (laughs) and in order to make this new life that we find ourselves in work we have to be very creative and I would say at least from my experience clarity is a thing that is very hard to harness because You're in a setting that you don't necessarily know, maybe in a language that you don't necessarily know. So how can you achieve clarity when from within and without, around you and within you, there's a lot of question marks? So actually, this brings me to a quote that I wanted to bring into this conversation from your website, which I thought was just so perfect. Deciding to do something different can feel like being dropped off in a foreign country alone where almost no one speaks your language. It can feel isolating and intimidating. It can be tempting to stay in your hotel or home, to keep it small, never venturing out to explore, but you know that you're meant for more than that. And I want to hear from you, what made you write that? Well, to be honest, I, I was trying to put in words how it feels when you're starting a new project and you don't know which way to go. And it shows that you have to bring up the courage. And when you talk about clarity or we talk about clarity, it's not, you know, that once you gain clarity, you have it forever. It is something you work on on a regular basis. So why did I write this quote? It is 
because it it uh, describes what a I think a courageous approach you can have to everyday life, and especially as an expat, you have to renegotiate your surroundings on a regular basis. And that makes me actually think when I landed in Canada for the first time, you know, I, I arrived at the end of the day, it was dark, my host family picked me up in, in Mirabel, and we drove to Ottawa, and there was this long, straight highway, you know, lined with trees. There was no light, no other homes, no small villages, so very different than in Germany, right? And uh, all of a sudden, we, there was a Baskin Robbins, you know, at midnight, and it was still open, and we stopped, and we had ice cream, you know, it was like the first thing. And then it just continued like that, uh, you know, with frozen OJ and all kinds of different things that you get to know and they're exciting, but they're different. And so, of course, you know, frozen OJ and Baskin Robbins are examples, small everyday things, but it very much has to do with um, also intercultural communication, like Canadians apologize all the time. Um, you know, they're perfectly in line when they wait for something and there's this unspoken cultural language of how to be in line and when to apologize. Uh, you know, in Germany, it's it's very different. Like every time I came for a visit, I, I had to relearn how to be in line and to kind of box my way to the front and call out, it's my turn and, and so on. So... You have to feel confident if you don't do it 100% perfect to have the courage to be different and to negotiate for yourself how your life feels good for you. Not that you conform to, you know, all the outside expectations. And I felt a certain amount of freedom after a while. You know, it, it was scary and Yes, you are there wondering, should I really leave my home and be courageous? But then once you do, it's so liberating because you realize that, you know, there are certain cultural norms. And once you move beyond them, there's so much room where you can decide for yourself, you know, what works for me and what doesn't. I have to say, I don't actually know about frozen orange juice. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a frozen concentrate, and then you mix it uh, in with water. Oh, I do know this. <laughs> there you go. This is not even something I considered as weird until this very moment. Yep, but those are those are great examples of the little things that are little things, yet at the same time, when you're there, they they also seem big. Like I, I can so remember having moments of being like, we don't even hold our utensils in the same way, or we don't even set a table in the same way. So how am I supposed to connect with these people and feel like I'm a part of this when we can't even get the little things aligned? Yeah, I think um, I like this part where it says, you know, to keep it small, never venturing out to explore. Because, yeah, people think life abroad must be the most exciting adventure. And, and it is. But also, I've hidden my house for weekends long because I wasn't I wasn't ready to be courageous and I wasn't ready to go out and and get past that sometimes it it is more small than one might think 
but you're exactly right. You know, at the end of the day, once you do get past all of that, you you do reach this amazing point where your whole life is larger and you get to blend these multiple cultures that you've experienced into a better way of being for yourself and, and those around you. And that's a great thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you talk about courage, I remember, you know, my, my mom's friend will call this girl. She's the same age uh, as you and you can connect with her and, and make new friends. And she gave me the phone number and, and I, you know, went in my room to be all by myself and, and dialed this number. And but it never went through because I always got the message, you know, it's, it's the wrong number. And so I went upstairs and, and, you know, said, I think there's something wrong with the number. But the way Germans write a one and the way Canadians write a seven is, you know, very different. So I, I got them mixed up. I thought it was a one, but at the end it was a seven. So the oh. number, of course, didn't work. And to bring creativity back into this conversation, what have you found about about how creativity morphs in these cross-cultural settings? Clients that I coach uh, in a cross-cultural setting, they embrace more both sides of who they are. They're not trying to be one or the other. But again, the word courage comes up. They take what works with one and the other and they blend it. They also acknowledge a certain kind of loss and can live with that, you know, either that family is far away or that they miss the spirit of a certain culture. I, for example, had um, a client who was originally from South Africa, and she was talking about the vibrancy of this culture and the music and the friendliness and the openness. And uh, now she lives in England and uh, she misses that. So to be able also to mourn that. And again, it comes back by being creative. You can decide for yourself, how do I work with these different elements in my life that they work? Building your life creatively with all these different building blocks. You know, taking that first step and, and trying and exploring it, maybe, and that's where I come back to this inner voice, you know, maybe you always imagine taking a road trip on your own for a year would be wonderful. But when you start getting the actual information, maybe you realize, no, this is not what I wanted to do. My path is actually going this way. But if you stay flexible, creative enough that you know you you can decide that it doesn't have to be planned out path that you need to follow yeah there, there's two different directions that I want to respond to the first is the creativity in in the just living of the life and and making a life that works for yourself in a different country like your example with the South African living in England those are such different cultural surroundings and it's going to be easy to be homesick and and miss certain traditions and miss certain aspects of life you need to fall back on creativity to figure out well what parts can I at least try to translate to here it's not going to be the same but what can I translate you know for for me as an American celebrating Thanksgiving is a hilarious event every year here in Germany because obviously it doesn't work. The size of the turkeys that we want to buy don't exist. They, they wouldn't fit in the oven if they did. And half of the ingredients that we need for our favorite dishes are not going to be found in the grocery store. I remember looking up pumpkin pie recipes this Thanksgiving and 
most of them were based on buy this evaporated can of can buy this can of evaporated milk buy this can of pumpkin puree and I, maybe I could have found it in a gr- bigger grocery store, but my little neighborhood Aldi did not have these things. And so I had to, I had to find a different recipe that was more from scratch to make it work. But, but applying creativity every time I celebrate that holiday allows me to reimagine what that can mean. You know, it's not happening on Thursday when everyone else is, is celebrating it in the States and it's not happening with the exact same meal, but it's happening in my own way. And I mean, I don't really see much of a point in comparing and contrasting if it's better or worse. I just feel happy that I have it, you know? And I think this is so vital in your expat life is is applying your, your creative self to finding ways to bring what you can with you. And, you know, if vibrancy is something from your culture that you're missing, then what can you do to decorate your apartment with a bunch of cool colors that remind you of home? In terms of the example of, you know, American Thanksgiving, it also brings you back to the actual reason why you celebrate Thanksgiving and then broadens your mind to say thanks for different things that, oh, yes, I got to try out this new recipe. Oh, you know, I had to cook uh, my meal with a different time of food. Oh, I had to invent, you know, a new cranberry sauce or something. (laughs) And so it, this is a perfect example of how it teases you into a new direction of life to, to not go along the habits you're used to, but to creatively think about, well, why am I celebrating? How am I celebrating? Yeah, the, the trickier ones are when you're not expecting it. You know, when it's not a holiday, it's just Thursday and you're sad for no reason (laughs) and I've definitely had those moments where the feelings kind of won on that one and I I couldn't access creativity because I was just sad and grumpy (laughs) but then it's important that you surround yourself with with your tribe I always say you know your people who understand who even if it's a regular day on a Thursday will happily you know come over and celebrate Thanksgiving with you you know, you really surround yourself with people who understand and don't think, oh my God, she is an odd one. What is that Thanksgiving thing and why has the bird been so big and, you know, but look out for the people who like you, who trust you and, and say, yeah, this makes total sense and we're open to learn about American Thanksgiving. The other way that I wanted to respond to what you'd said earlier is creativity being channeled into a a project. For me, it is a part of creativity. It's not all of creativity, which is why I wanted to highlight that at the top. But, um, but for me personally, my creative self likes to be expressed through things. And one thing that I found in my expat life was that I felt so much more free to try things out and put things out there. Like, for instance, this podcast would be a thing that had I not moved abroad, well, first off, I wouldn't have had the the podcast topic because I wouldn't have been an expat. But if I had a different podcast idea, I don't think I don't think I would have made it happen. I think it would have just been a cool idea. But I, I always felt like, oh, there's so many people who have similar stories to me and and similar skills to me, but better. And so I'll just leave the actual making of projects to them you know like the world doesn't need my voice necessarily I'll step back and let someone else who's got something better to say come forward 
And then when I moved abroad, I found that, well, A, looking around me, there weren't that many other people who had stories like mine to tell. So my competition went a lot down. And the notion that someone else would come forward with the same thing to say but better was less realistic. But also, I just had this experience every day of being the odd man out or being different and having to be creative in making my life work. And so it was becoming just part of my daily life to put myself out there and to try new things. And so I found it a lot easier and a lot less intimidating to say, okay, well, I'm just gonna make a podcast and put it in the world and we'll just go from there. (laughs) Um, And I'm also a writer and I've written at least one full book and worked on a couple others, but I always stopped myself at the point of actually putting it out there or sending it to an agent. And it's only through being in a cross-cultural setting that that's starting to change where I start to feel like, you know what, maybe maybe I could share it with the world. What's the worst that can happen? You know, I, I faced so many what's the worst that can happens in the last two and a half years since moving abroad because paperwork goes wrong, your career takes a different path, things just turn out differently than you think, and you get thicker skin, I guess. So I do think that creativity in a more project-oriented space also, in my experience, thrives through this cross-cultural setting. And I'd be curious to hear what you say to that, if this is a thing that your clients um, or your, you yourself have experienced. I, I would say it comes back to uh, what I said at the beginning, that it kind of sets you free because you move out of the structure that you're comfortable in, that you know you negotiate daily without even thinking about it. But when you move to a new country, you have to renegotiate simple things of life, you know, on. And I think this space in between renegotiating your daily life shows you how courageous you are and you allow yourself then to step forward and to share it, you know, because you've already taken a step. You did not stay home, but you decided to go out and take the leap. But then in a very important word that comes to mind that we should add to our conversation is um, catalyst. So being an expat and living through the experience really is a catalyst that allows you to try new things and to then creatively embrace your new life. You know, not saying that it's you're always fine and dandy, as you said as well. They're very difficult moments, sad moments. But then if you persevere and you continue learning and embracing it, then, oh my God, when you come out the other end, it can be so beautiful. I like that we're keeping the sea theme alive. We've got creativity, clarity, cross-cultural, and catalyst. Oh, that's true. That's a good one. And they're all words that, you know, you say catalyst and it just hits me. I'm like, yes, that's so perfect. And I, I do want to draw in another C word that maybe we're less eager to talk about, but we are recording this. We're both in Freiburg and we're not recording it together because it's the time of Corona and COVID-19. And so we are all in lockdown and we're not able to visit each other. Um, so we're doing this via Skype. You know, I don't want to make everything about Corona all the time. I think we all need a break for, from it now and again. But I do want to ask, you know, this is a time when people are super stressed out, but also a lot of people have more time on their hands than they know how to organize, than they've had 
freely in a long time. So what can we recommend to listeners um, to apply their creative clarity and, and to take advantage of this quarantine and this coronavirus situation as a catalyst to propel them forward in their journey? Well, it is a very difficult situation for many people. I think in Freiburg, we're quite lucky because the weather is good. You know, the, the stores are full of food. We can still go out for walks. And so I think it actually holds an amazing opportunity for us. And it allows us to slow down and ask ourselves what really is important to us. What are our values given the, the completely changed reality? Because what was the norm for us before is not the norm at all anymore. So we're not distracted by um, outside noise, but we have this opportunity, albeit forcefully, to uh, turn <laughs> inward and to hear that inner voice that I was mentioning at the beginning of our conversation. You know, if we hold still enough, we can hear it. Then once we've calmed down enough, we can actually get started on projects or, you know, reaching out to people that we haven't been in touch for a while or start writing letters or get going on a book we've started. Maybe rewrite that CV uh, in order to apply for a new job because, um, you know, the landscape of work will have changed quite a bit. So there amazing opportunities that await for us and um, we have the choice do we go into the very scary moment and live the fear or do we embrace the present time and say i'm going to use this to do what i've wanted to do for a long time and by becoming still to hear that inner voice that leads us into clarity and then to creatively use our time to um, to make it happen. I feel like being uncreative is not even an option right now because what would that even mean and look like? These are such unusual times that no one was prepared for. So you have to be creative to make it work. And whether that creativity is channeling itself into a project like a you know applying for a job or resituating your sort of thoughts for your future or working on a creative project or if that creativity is just filling your days in in ways that you haven't before but that you're finding fulfilling I mean all of that is important and and we need to call on to it right now because that's this is a reality we're gonna have to live in for a little bit and um to me I think I, I want to do everything I can to turn this into a, an opportunity and not a terrible circumstance that's been forced upon us all obviously I would like this to be over as soon as possible and everyone to be safe and healthy. Um, but while we're in it, what can we do to make the most of the situation? The other beautiful thing is that we, you know, have access to technology that allows, you know, us to connect tonight on Zoom to do this podcast. But last Saturday, for example, we put a big screen on our dining room table and we met our friends for dinner, oh. you know, at seven o'clock. They were sitting at their dining room. We were sitting at ours. We just timed it. And we had a wonderful evening, you know, with good conversation. And of course, it does not replace sitting at the same table, you know, giving hugs and, and uh, you know, being close. But it was still really nice just to see them. 
So I say that's another example of creatively, you know, inventing something. I think that's a great note for us to to wrap up on. So we're going to go ahead and transition to our ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. This is a rapid fire question round. I'm going to ask you three questions that you're going to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? What is your favorite place for a weekend getaway in Canada? I have to say uh, the Charlevoix in Quebec. Wonderful. What is the Canadian food that you miss the very most? The Canadian blueberries. Oh, are they different? They're very tiny and they're from the Lac Saint-Jacques region and they're just so small but intense with flavor that yes whenever they came on the market at the end of the summer oh my god I was in heaven (laughs) well and that's a perfect transition to the last question which is what is one indulgence that you are very much looking forward to indulging in once coronavirus is over and we're allowed to carry on in life as we used to know it (laughs) I've actually been wanting to uh get away for a weekend, um, for a wellness weekend. So for a massage, a hot bath, you know, that I really miss and that I'm looking forward to. Ariana, where can people find you and connect with you? So I have a website, I'm on Instagram, Facebook and uh, LinkedIn at this point. And my social media handles are der Ariane Faden. So it's a German name. It's a, it's a play on uh, on my name, and you can um, learn more about the coaching that I offer for a cross cultural setting in English or in German right there. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. Well, thank you so much. It's an amazing opportunity to talk about my favorite words. And as they turn out, they're all C words. (laughs) Great. Thanks again to Ariana for coming onto the show. All of the links we mentioned in the episode are in the show notes. And you can also find links there to follow along on social media, on Instagram and on Twitter at The Expat Cast. And as always, you can email me at theexpatcast at gmail.com. I've got a couple new reviews recently and I'm so excited to read them. So please keep them coming. If you haven't left a review yet, go ahead and join in the trend. Everyone's doing it. Come on. Five stars and a quick note about why the show is great. That's all I need. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks also, as always, goes to Amy Lungi Art for the logo and to Side Hug for the theme music. They're also on Instagram at a hug from the side. Next Thursday, we will be back in your feeds with an episode about what it's like when moving abroad doesn't go as planned and is not the right choice for you. Until then, have a great week and please stay healthy, stay safe. Bis dann. Tschüss.